You're listening to the What's Next Discipleship Podcast, presented by MiracleWord.com. These episodes are designed to quickly answer your biggest questions about being a Christian. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. So this might be the most controversial of all the videos, uh, and probably it's not something that's included in most next steps courses for new believers, but it is extremely important and needs to be understood. And that is the thought or the subject of the fact that God wants to bless you financially. God wants you to be financially blessed in the same way that sickness is never God's desire for your life. Poverty and lack is never God's desire for your life. There's many ways that we could uh, break that down. You could start by looking at God's original intention at creation. Did you know that before God created Adam and Eve, he first created the, the lush environment that he would place them? You know, he didn't, he didn't say, well, I'll create a man and a woman and then maybe just come up with some things that hopefully they can make it work and make ends meet. No, he took time to create the garden and to create all that was in the garden and the fruit and the world and took time and didn't create them until last. There wasn't just enough. There wasn't not enough. There was more than enough. And he placed his man and his woman in an environment where there was more than enough. And until sin entered into the world, that was the state of man because it's God's desire for his children. And then God gave us methods and ways that we could continue in that even after the fall of man through creating something called the law of seed time and harvest. That's found in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22 where the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, whatever you sow, you will reap. That's actually a a verse of scripture found in Galatians chapter six. I'll take you there. Go with me to the book of Galatians in the New Testament, the sixth chapter and the seventh verse. Listen to this. The Bible says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever one sows, he will also reap. Now, let me just say this. uh, In context, this is actually talking about financial sowing. Because in the verse right before it, it says, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. You understand? So it's not just talking about, well, if I sow friendship, I'll get friendship. No, this in context is talking about financial seeds or sowing, giving. There's a couple of things I want to break down because you're now a part of the family of God. There are differences. You might think, well, why do people give money to the church? Well, for one reason, we're commanded to be givers. There's two different areas that I really want to focus on. I'll talk, I'll talk on three. The first is tithing. Tithing, in its most basic form to be understood, is 10%. We believe in giving 10% of what we earn to the Lord. 10%, it's called a tithe. 10% of what we earn, we give it to the Lord. We truly believe, I truly believe, this is a test of your heart to see if you love money or to see if you love God. 
You can't serve God and money, the Bible says. And so the Lord asks us to bring the tithes into the storehouse. And tithing is something that every Christian should do. But then beyond giving 10% of our income to the house of God, we are givers. We give offerings above and beyond. Well, what does that mean? Anything beyond the 10% is an offering, what we would call a technical term, a free will offering. All that means is you decided what you gave. Whereas the tithe is already determined, it's 10%. The free will offering is something you determine. How much am I going to give to God? And so there's a principle behind this giving. And that is this, whatever you sow, you shall also reap. And then of course, one of my uh, favorite passages of scripture about sowing and reaping is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, Paul is receiving an offering uh, for the Christians in Jerusalem, but listen to what he says. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. That makes sense. We even understand that in farming. You sow a little bit of seed, you're going to get a little bit of crop. You sow a lot of seed, you're going to get a lot of crop. Verse 7, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And then, of course, what does the Bible say in Luke 6, 38? Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will God cause men to give into your bosom? So giving is God's system so that you can be blessed. God wants you to be financially blessed. I know this is controversial to many Christians, but let's look at the Bible for a minute. God doesn't look at financial blessing as a bad thing. God looks at financial blessing as a good thing. You know, if you listen to some of these people talk, it's like, well, if you have anything, you must be evil. You must be crooked. Oh, you must have a love of money. Be careful. If you go get it, start getting all that money, that'll take you away from God. Oh, really? If, if it's so dangerous, if it's so evil, if money's wrong, if, if some, like some people quote the scripture improperly, you know, the Bible says money's the root of all evil. Bible doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You have to, you have to learn not to love money. That's what's evil. But we don't, you don't have to love money to pursue the blessings of God. And if money or, or wealth was so dangerous, then why did God promise to bless even his Old Testament children financially? Why did God make Abraham rich? Why did make God make Isaac rich? Why did God make Jacob rich? Why did God make Joseph rich? Why did God make David rich? Why did God make Solomon rich? You go down the line. Why did he do that? Those were his covenant men. If wealth and riches are wrong, and if they're dangerous, and if they pull you away from God, if they make you, if they're the root of all kinds of evil, why did God use financial riches as a means to bless his children for their obedience. Did you ever think about it from that perspective? 
If it's so bad, if it's so evil, you know, you hear the term prosperity preacher and you think, oh, what an evil person. He's a pros- he preaches that God wants to prosper you. And God's the one who chose to prosper all of his children and promise them, if you'll obey me, I'll set you on high above all nations. I'll make sure you lend to many nations and you never borrow anything. That's blessing. That's blessing. And that's what God wants to do. Even today for all of us, he wants to, that's why we still have the system of sowing and reaping. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. So we tithe. You know what I also do? We don't just tithe. We give offerings, as I said a moment ago, above and beyond the 10%. But you know what we also do? We bless the poor. Part of what we're called to do is bless the poor. The Bible tells us that, that when you do it to the least of these, you're doing it unto Jesus himself. So we take great steps to bless the poor above and beyond our tithes and above and beyond our offerings. And so I want you to see these things. We're commanded to be givers in the Bible. In fact, if you read a very, uh, the most famous message Jesus ever preached is called the Sermon on the Mount. You've probably heard of it. The Sermon on the Mount. It takes up multiple chapters in the book of Matthew. But in Matthew chapter six, as Jesus is teaching, he teaches specifically on three subjects. And he uses this phrase, when. What are the three subjects? Praying, fasting, and giving. And you know what he says? When you pray, not if you pray, when you pray. Then he says, when you fast. And then finally, when you give. He's not wondering if you're going to give. We're commanded to be givers. We're, to, we're commanded to tithe. We're commanded to sow offerings. Free will offerings is what we used before the term we used, above and beyond the tithe. And we're commanded to bless the poor. And then the Bible says, if we're faithful to do these things, then what does God do? He takes that seed that we sow and he multiplies it and brings it back to us as a harvest. I'll finish with this uh, in this uh, episode about sowing. You are called to be a blessing to your generation. You're called. You're not called to lack any good thing. You're not called to be without. You're not supposed to struggle through life. You're not supposed to scratch to get by barely enough. Can't keep the lights on. That's not the story of the believer. We're called to be blessed. We're called to be blessed. And how do we do that? By being a giver. By allowing God to take what we sow, multiply it, and bring a harvest back into our lives. And this is something that just as much as reading your Bible, attending church, praying every day, as I said a moment ago, this is one of those disciplines of the faithful Christian, the faithful believer, is giving. We should be tithers, we should be givers, and we should be a blessing to our generation. Our finances should not struggle. We should always be givers so that we can see that blessing. Well, part of that is not just giving, but being a proper steward of what God's placed in your hand. You know what that means? Using wisdom. When God places something in your hand, take care of it. Care for it. Did you know the Bible says a fool spends 
all that he has. There should be some sort of wisdom used to care for your finances to ensure that you're pleasing God with what he's placed in your hand. You know, God expects increase. God expects increase. If you just read the parable of the uh, talents in Matthew chapter 25, you'd clearly see God wants there to be increase. I'll just give it to you quickly. That when the master came back in that story and found that two of his servants had gotten increase with what he'd left them, he praised them. He said, well done. You took, first, first servant, you took five of my talents and you gave me five back for a total of 10. Second servant, you took two of my talents. You gave me two back for a total of four. Well done, well done. Now let's look at this third servant. I gave you one talent, but instead of investing it, instead of multiplying it, you buried it in the ground. And as a result, you're just giving me back what I gave you. You wicked and lazy servant, the Bible says. And he took from him what was his and cast him into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. What this principle is teaching us is that God expects increase and he expects stewardship. These will make us powerful forces in the kingdom of God, ensuring that we can always be a blessing to others around us. Hey, this is Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. I just wanted to let you know that we have video versions of every one of these episodes absolutely free hosted at our website, miracleword.com forward slash next. miracleword.com forward slash next. We have so many free resources available to help you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. Join us. The link is in the description. Click it and get started for free today.